This episode of the Beauté by ABIC podcast is brought to you by the International Dermal Institute and Dermalogica Pro. Hello and welcome to the Beauté by ABIC podcast, your online support community for the aesthetic and beauty industry. Here, we are strengthening and unifying the industry through representation, innovation and education. This is a platform created and dedicated to the aesthetic and beauty industry, valuing unity and advancement. We serve to represent, support and inspire you by connecting you with industry experts, expanding your knowledge through educational pieces and bringing you the latest industry news. This is Beauté by ABIC. I'm your host, Stephanie Miller, and today's guest is Sarah Hughes from Dermalogica Pro. Sarah Hughes is the MediClinic Training Manager for the International Dermal Institute. Sarah has been a therapist for over 25 years, with her area of expertise lying in skin science and skin health. This being the catalyst that led her to gain her associate degree as a dermal therapist. Sarah's passion for skin therapy is infectious and her knowledge of clinical skin analysis is second to none. Here to discuss treating hyperpigmentation from Dermalogica Pro, today we welcome Sarah Hughes. Welcome to the podcast, Sarah. Welcome back. I'm so excited to have you. It's so good to be back. I feel, I feel like it's the end of the year and it's like going out with a bang talking to you. Oh, and it's always super fun. And what a year it's been. It's been absolutely huge. It's been a big year. I think for everybody, 2023 has just been a massive year. And then I look at 2024 and I think, oh my goodness, it's going to be even bigger. <laughs> I think so. So many exciting things are happening in 2024. I think everyone's starting to get their groove back. Um, obviously, we don't like to say the COVID word, but I think things are just powering along now. I'm seeing so much innovation and, you know, so much excitement just for the direction of our industry and especially skincare. So much innovation out there. And I think that's what we're talking about today as well. I'm so excited. (laughs) (laughs) We always get super pumped when we talk together because, I mean, it's pure play education and it's pure play clinical and mm. every, all the our members that listen to this podcast are all in the industry and a lot of them yeah. are therapists and business owners. So, you know, um, your podcast is so well loved because of the information that you give and today is no different. We're actually talking about hyperpigmentation. Oh, one of the most complicated skin concerns we could ever even fathom because um, mm. it's just so multi-layered. But, you know, want to dive straight into it and, and extract oh. all that amazing knowledge from your brain, Sarah. What is hyperpigmentation? <laughs> wow, that's a, that's a massive question, isn't it? You know, what is hyperpigmentation? I think when you talk about pigment, you've got to go right back to the the, the basics, haven't you? Like where it comes from. And you, like you say, it is a really difficult thing for us to treat in the clinical space, but it's also a really complex process that actually drives that discoloration in the skin anyway 
I guess if you were going to put what is hyperpigmentation into a nutshell, you talk about the fact that it is an overproduction of melanin within the skin. And I always think of this whole process when I'm explaining it to my clients, and my clinic guests, I always explain the whole process of a factory that's gone into overdrive. You know, we we have our melanin, which is our skin pigment. It's driven by genetics, but several other factors contribute to that production. But you have melanin being made in a factory called the melanocyte cell. And the melanocyte cell gets its order from your genes, but it can also be triggered as well by things like the sun and hormones. And when those triggers come into play, that factory goes into overdrive, starts to overproduce this pigmentation in the skin, packages it, delivers it into your surrounding skin cells. And then once that melanin package moves into your keratinocytes, you start to see the color in the skin. And then as it ages and oxidizes, it gets darker. And the problem is, of course, is that melanin absorbs light. It doesn't reflect light. So it makes the skin look dull. It ages the skin's appearance. And for so many of us, males and females alike, we have this sort of darkened discoloration. And it's not even, it's patchy and it's blotchy. And it, it doesn't look aesthetically pleasing on the skin. You know, people don't like it. Mm, and it's so complex. I, the actual problem in of itself is triggered by so many different factors. And yes, it, it is an overproduction problem, but it's also a removal problem in some cases. Yeah. And when we talk about pigment, we sometimes think about epidermal pigment and forget that there's the more dangerous pigment, which is the dermal pigment. That's um, and sometimes we forget how the dermal pigment is created and how hard it is to move away but those triggers are so many and it's not just the sun tell us what are those triggers it's really interesting isn't it i mean over overarching you've got your genetic you know your genetic pigment which we call your constitutive pigment if you look at the palm of your hand or if you look at the skin underneath your arm that's your genetic pigment and your genes drive that melanocyte to produce your pigment to a certain level, okay? And we have that. But then we know the good old-fashioned SPF, you know, we know the sun is a massive driver for discount. I mean, how many years have we been sunbathing? And good old Coco Chanel made the tan fashionable, you know, up until that point. You were wealthy if you didn't have skin color. And then all of a sudden, bombing around the Mediterranean on a boat, we started sun tanning and that impact of UVA and UVB has such a significant impact on the skin. We know UVA oxidizes the existing pigment. So anything that's already in your skin, it turns it darker and makes it, it browner and more discolored. And then UVB targets that melanocyte cell. The melanocyte cell goes into overdrive and starts producing even more pigment. So we know sun is a massive, massive trigger. Hormones, hormonally, I'm sure, particularly our female listeners, you know, the contraceptive pill, pregnancy, hormone replacement therapy. But we can't even just look at those hormones. You've also got to look at adrenal hormones, you know, when the body's under a huge period of stress and those adrenocorticotrophic hormones are in overdrive, it can trigger pigmentation. We know thyroid disorders trigger pigmentation. 
Interestingly enough, when we talk about hormones, the actual production of melanin is stimulated by a hormone, your alpha melanin stimulating hormone or alpha MSH. So hormonally, we've got this whole trigger going on. Then we've got to think about pollution because those tiny little particulate matters that get into the skin cause inflammation. So pollution triggers inflammation and inflammation triggers pigmentation. Because when we're going through that inflammatory response, we have our little immune system, those Langerhans cells, your dendritic cells, very much work in tandem with your melanocyte cells, which are also dendritic cells. And so when you've got that inflamed response going on, that can be from pollution, but it can also be from sensitized responses, sunburn and skin treatments as well that can trigger hyperpigmentation in the skin. So as you said, Steph, the triggers of hyperpigmentation are plentiful. Goodness me, I love that explanation. And I love how you can actually take it and boil it down for the people that are listening to this podcast that are not professional people in the industry. But a rule of thumb is inflammation causes pigmentation. And how does inflammation get caused? External factors and internal factors Internal factors that cause inflammation are hormonal factors. External are anything that causes inflammation. Sun, friction, you name it. <laughs> Boiling it down in actual fact, really looking at the common causative factor there is always um, really the root cause is the Im- inflammation caused by various factors, internal, external. So, oh my goodness, you know, when you think about this problem, there are so many things that cause inflammation in our lives. I feel like, though, because we all have this common causative factor, the treatment methods in our minds, well, it should be the same for everyone, right? It can't be because, you know, when we when we boil it right the way down to that basic pigmentation element, it's driven by your genetics. And so, you got, I mean, you only have to take a walk outside and look at everybody around you to see that nobody has the same skin color. You know, it's diverse and it's varied and... You have to be really, really cognizant of your client's ethnic group, their background, their ethnicity, um, and something called their Fitzpatrick type, which boils down to genetics. But then we also have the overlaying of you've got your genes, but also now where did you grow up? What country do you live in? What is your background? And everything that determines your treatment really comes down to a thorough consultation, skin diagnosis, and really getting to know that client. Because there are also these sort of genetic anomalies where, you know, you can have a client whose parents, Fitzpatrick types, are darker skins, melanin-rich skins, but through a genetic abnormality, these clients are blonde-haired and blue-eyed. I mean, you you know, the gene thing is huge, right? So no treatment can be the same. Wow. And, you know, it's, and when you think about it, the therapist is thrown with so many variables and so many factors. When you're talking about a thorough consultation and there is no really no substitute to that because their lifestyle factors are so varying, their, their history, their background is so variable. And when you put it all together, it changes your treatment approach quite drastically. Definitely. Tell us why is it that higher Fitzpatrick's have more challenges associated with actual treatment when you when you get them clinically when you when you start to treat them all those variables are in play but then you add in the higher fits pat and it changes it again 
Yeah. I mean, Fitzpatrick was determined many years ago, Dr. Thomas Fitzpatrick. He was looking at how skins responded to the sun and, and how well they tolerated it. And what he determined was a basic six types. You know, you've got your types one, type two, which are your fair hair, fair skin, burns very, very easily. Um, types three and four, we would have typically classified as being more of a Mediterranean skin, burns less easily, get darker, darker in their shade, darker in their color. And then fits fives and sixes would be your sort of more Asian skins, African Caribbean skins, those very melanin rich skins. What actually we have to consider though, is when we're looking at those different Fitzpatricks, it's not a darker Fitzpatrick doesn't have more melanocytes. And I think that's something that's really fundamental. They don't have more of the factory. What they have is the ability to produce different packages of melanin. So when we look at Fitz ones and twos, if we were to be really simplifying this, a Fitzpatrick one or two, their packages of melanin are like crushed pepper, you know, or sand, really, really tiny, tiny, tiny grains, very easy to break down, very easy to kind of uh, destroy for want of a better word. And then if we look at fits threes and fours, they're more like peppercorns. So they're juicier, they're chunkier, and we can still break them down a little bit, you know, got to grind them, we've still got to do a lot more work, but we can break those peppercorns down. And then when we look at fits fives and sixes, they're really dense packages of melanin. Really, really thick. Uh, think of like a jelly bean or a coffee bean, you know, they're very, very dense packages of melanin and they have greater ability to deliver. So they've got more dendrites on their melanocyte cells so they can deliver greater volumes of pigmentation. And so what this means is that whatever we're doing in the treatment, firstly, because we've got these dense packages, it's harder to break down a coffee bean than it is a grain of sand. So we could use tyrosinase inhibitors and you know we can reduce melanosome transfer, but it's gonna be harder to do it on those higher Fitzpatricks because there's more to try and break down than it is on a, a lighter Fitzpatrick. But we also have to be really careful because those darker Fitzpatricks, you start adding anything in that's gonna create more inflammation like chemical peel or skin needling or laser, and you're creating that heat, you don't have as much control over that melanosome population as you do in a, a lighter Fitzpatrick. So we've just got to be so much more cautious. And that means that those skins with higher Fitzpatricks, they need the treatment but we also have to tread more cautiously when we're treating because the risk of that post-inflammatory hyperpigmentation is significantly greater in those types of skins. Providing professional grade skincare since 1986, Dermalogica has grown to be the leading professional skincare brand used by more than 100,000 skin therapists in more than 100 countries around the world. Founded by a skin therapist, their products line grew out of a desire to provide skin therapists with the best-in-class skincare products and education. Powered by the International Dermal Institute, their skills-based training has served a community of passionate skincare professionals, building their skills and breaking new ground in the skincare industry 
whilst developing personalized skincare solutions that help clients achieve the healthiest skin they can, not just today, but for life. Dermalogica is the number one choice of skincare professionals worldwide. To learn more, visit www.dermalogica.com.au today. I love, love, absolutely love your analogy there and your just beautiful visual story about the different types of packages, you know, sand as opposed to the jelly bean. Um, Wow, it really puts it all into perspective, doesn't it? Mm. Even those that are not professionals listening to this podcast will be able to very easily understand exactly what the challenges are and what's occurring, even in their skins if they identify as having those, um, you know, higher Fitzpatrick type skins. And, you know, pre and post care in, in those skin types is so important and cautiously treating in a controlled manner. And I think your Dermalogica has an incredible research department. I always bang on about this because it's so <laughs> spectacular and it excites me so much. And I have a bit of envy because I haven't been there before. Um, so I'm dying to go and visit and see, you know, all the you must, you must it's go on the cards for me. It has to be because I'm just, it's just so exciting what you guys do up there. Well, you have had, I mean, obviously your history, you're such a heritage brand, but you're constantly innovating and that's what keeps Dermalogica at the forefront is because sometimes companies, when they're around such a long time and they're so established, they really do rest on their laurels. But, you know, all of your funds and all of your energies is really funneled into creating innovative new products that are game changing. And I think that's what you've done in this instance too. We're really interested in the clinical space here because that's what we do as a profession. And we have limited tools to be able to deal with um, hyperpigmentation and even more so when it comes to recalcitrant pigment, to reoccurring pigment. On darker fits types, we were talking earlier, that after you've treated them, after you've done everything prescriptively that you can and you think you've done the right thing with your skin, it looks like pigment is clearing and then six months later they come to you and they say, my pigment is worse than it was before. What have you done? Um, and we're in this situation scratching our head going, oh, my God, what have we done? And that is we probably haven't treated cautiously enough or in, the, in a more um, considerate way for their skin type. And so now Dermalogica have reinvented the way that we look at treating hyperpigmentation Sarah, please tell us all about this wonderful new clinical treatment that you have. Wow, I'm so excited because as you can probably tell, pigment is something very close to my heart because mm. it's my, it is my go-to skin concern. If you ask me what I want to treat, it's always my pigment. You know, I always have this joke that I gave my children life and they gave me melasma. So, you know, it's this ongoing, love my kids, but don't like the pigment they gave me. So I'm beyond excited because Dermalogica Pro are launching a brand new innovation and it's called our Milana Pro Peeling System. And this is a clinical strength program that is going to deliver results in under six weeks onto the skin. And it's a just an incredible, very, very wow. simplistic means of doing it. It's a two-phase treatment. So within the treatment, there is a mask, there is a clinical peeling mask, and then there is a continuous resurfacing cream that the clients work with at home. And the clinical trials that we've run on this, we're producing a white paper, which is going to be launched next year. Oh, I'm 
surprising. Very much backed by a doctor dermatologist, Dr. Wong, who has been supporting us in the US with our clinicals. And the results that we are seeing are just groundbreaking. But always working with Dermalogica's progressive, not aggressive approach, which as you probably can guess, when it comes to treating hyperpigmentation, you don't need that aggression. You need to be progressively getting those results. So I'm, I'm beyond excited by this product. I really am. Well, I'm excited too, because I, like you and probably many listeners out there, suffer from pigmentation, you know, whether it's dermal and epidermal, I have a combination of both, Um, but it is a struggle and it is a long-term commitment to try to suppress this. um, And You can't not treat it, you know, once you have those hyperpigmentation disorders, you've got to keep going. So it is a continuous commitment to treating your skin. Absolutely. And then it can, the problem is if you have the wrong treatment for your skin type, it's a continual fight against inflammation and irritation on my skin. (laughs) And I feel a lot of patients the same way. They're like, we need to treat this as a continual. Um, And, you know, tyrosinase inhibitors just on their own, just don't cut it. Right. And there's more going on there than just inhibiting tyrosinase. You need, there's so many, there's a melanosome transfer. There's a whole bunch of things going on that in concert with each other if you do it right if you have the right product that does so many that that hits it on different angles right hits that pigmentation at different uh i suppose places along its journey you get a better result um but a lot of the time sacrificing the fact that your skin is irritated could be could be feeling dry could be feeling um quite uncomfortable for long periods of time so tell us about this specific treatment how is it performed clinically and then what do you do pre and post Okay, so firstly, Melanopro is a, it is a clinical treatment in as much as therapist is working very much with clients. So we'll have made sure that prior to working with the Melanopro treatment, we know that our clients can tolerate hydroxy acids. So we want to look at making sure that they can handle things like glycolic acid, lactic acid, that that alone is not creating too much inflammatory response in the skin because Melanopro is actually suitable for all Fitzpatrick's. There is no restriction, no cutting off at, oh, you know, only as high as a Fitzpatrick three. No, anybody fits up to six. We've clinically trialed this on all of those skins. So essentially, you know, you're going to work with your clients. You're going to have those good conversations. You're going to prep their skin. Maybe they're going to use some types of hydroxy acids, or we're going to get them ready to tolerate retinols and things like that in that preparatory phase. And then on the day of treatment, they come in, they'll have their skin cleansed, and then the clinical peeling mask is applied to the skin. And this is a thick white mask. It's packed with ingredients like azelaic acid, tranexamic acid, salicylic acid, retinol, niacinamide, and a beautiful peptide called acetylhexapeptide 1. So that mask is just packed with ingredients. As you can imagine, it's it's going to be quite spicy. So we get oh, I can imagine. <laughs> we're going to have the client stay with us for at least 45 minutes just while we make sure that the you know there's no um that 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 initial sort of sensation starts to go into decline and that there's no kind of response. Then the client's going to go home with this white mask on their skin. So oh, that's wow. <laughs> you know, got to make sure you tell your client that they're not going to be going home with a clean face, maybe drive in that day or get a lift. Don't do public transport because they're going to go home with their mask on. Now, depending on your Fitzpatrick type, depends on how long you leave that mask on for. 
So if you've got a higher Fitzpatrick or a more sensitized skin, we actually ask you to only leave that mask on for a maximum of four hours. If you've got a, a more tolerant skin and a lighter Fitzpatrick, you can leave the mask on up to seven hours. Wow. And then you're going to very gently, you're going to kind of dampen it down with some tepid water. And you're just going to very gently kind of loosen that mask up and remove it from the skin. Certainly no rub, you won't want to rub at your skin. And your skin is going to feel, you know, it is quite normal. You know, we've talked about inflammation, but we do recognize that during this period, the next 24 hours, skin can feel quite warm, quite tingly, quite spicy. So we're going to leave the skin alone then for 24 hours. We're just going to spritz it with Dermalogica's Ultra Calming Mist. So just keeping that inflammation down. And um, should also note at this point though, Steph, that in the mask and in the moisturizer, we have got anti-inflammatories built in there. So we are making sure that we're keeping that inflammatory response in check. Um, once you've had that 24 hours, what happens then is that um, we've got a continuous resurfacing cream going onto the skin. So that continuous resurfacing cream is applied morning and evening for six weeks or until you've used the cream up. Now, some clients, depending on their skin type, some clients can use that cream three times a day. So it really is very, how is your skin tolerating the product at this time? Again, the continuous resurfacing cream is loaded with things like glycolic acid, retinol, acetyl, um, acetyl hexapeptide one. We've got azelaic acid, transoxemic acid in there. So it is, again, the, the moisturizer, the cream is really, really loaded with ingredients and product. That goes onto the skin for the next six weeks, 42 days, or until you finish the treatment, uh, making sure you're using a sunscreen, but otherwise everything else is very gentle. There's no additional serums, just a very gentle cleanse, continuous resurfacing cream, SPF. Just wow. very, very simple for six weeks. Are we healing after this? What, is, what are we looking like for a week? <laughs> <laughs> By about day seven, Steph, the skin really is shedding. You know, if you, I mean, depending on the strength of your barrier, obviously, because that, that does play a part, you'll find that most skins will get some light flaking. I have seen some clients really get quite a considerable peel. But within seven days, you're starting to see a difference in the pigmentation. You're starting to see a lightening and a brightening. Probably as we're starting to remove that oxidized pigment initially. So, you know, we're saying you treat on various levels. Well, taking that dull oxidized pigment off the skin makes a massive, massive difference. Then we get the melanosome transfer inhibitors in there. We get, you know, your niacinamides, and then we also get your tyrosinase inhibitors. So your acetyl hexapeptide one, tranexemic acid, azelaic acid, and literally then switching down and down-regulating that melanocyte cell. So just groundbreaking, really phenomenal, the results we're seeing. Incredible. And when can we see our skin start to normalize and, you know, our makeup start sitting on our skin nicely? <laughs> you know, obviously we are all front forward facing people and when mm. you're in treatment we know you know we're yeah. in the clinic and you're shedding and it's great because you can talk to your clients about it when you're in the real world out there people and, look at you um, <laughs> you people are looking at you thinking gosh what a horror show um how long will that last? <laughs> 
That's one of the perks. I mean, when you think of the volume of uh, acids and, and ingredients that we've got in this product, you would expect really significant downtime. And that's what I love about this is that actually within about seven to 10 days, most of that residual flaking will have gone. So after about seven days, seven, eight days, skin really is, you're, you're tolerating that cream, you're tolerating the moisturizer, your skin's built up its, its tolerance. The shedding, that initial flaking has gone and the skin just starts to really look fantastic. So after about maximum of 10 days, your makeup's gonna start sitting more comfortably. You can, you can cover up anything that's going on on your skin and the skin just starts to feel much more comfortable. So in that initial seven day period, I would say it's probably the, the most active. And certainly as a skin technician, you want to be in touch with your clients during that, that first sort of week to 10 days, definitely. And are we experiencing any, any breakout? As I noticed you say there's retinol in there, um, but you also have retinol, you have salicylic in there. So that's gonna be counter, well, maybe not counteracting, but assisting with um, clearing those random breakouts that happen but how significant are those oh i think when you when you do anything that um creates a, a huge resurfacing you can expect a little bit of a purge i think what's great is that prior to using milana pro we do ask you to make sure your client's skins are prepped so ideally really we want to make sure that they are tolerating and have been um exfoliating their skins at home as well um, as well as having at least two or three professional exfoliations that would have already got that purging kind of coming through and into place. You can expect a little bit of a purge, but uh, we certainly haven't seen any mass breakouts happening from, from working with this Wonderful. product. Have you seen any type of skin irritations at all, perioral dermatitis, anything like that showing up? No, nothing like that. I mean, we did when we ran our clinical trials, we ran on over 30 different test subjects, all different Fitzpatrick's from an age group of 26 to I believe it was uh, early 40s. So we had quite a quite a significant cohort of skins that we were trialing on. Um, certainly nothing in those uh, clinical trials pulled forward any perioral dermatitis. But what we did notice is that there are some skins that during that continuous resurfacing phase might just need to take a little bit of a break. So, you know, if you're, if you're working with the product and your skin's really feeling quite sensitized, Dermalogica's approach is never, oh, just keep going. Mm. We actually say, you know what? Stop using the cream for a couple of days. Just build up your resistance again. Use some anti-inflammatories. Build your barrier back up. Maybe, you know, like our calm water gel and products like that that just really feed and nourish the skin. And then pick your continuous resurfacing cream back up. So we certainly never get to a point where the, the skin is obliterated. That's not mm. what's happening with Milana Pro. It doesn't work in that way. But we also have those markers in place where we can step it back a little bit if we need to. That's wonderful to hear. And with tell me, with the actual um, continuous resurfacing cream, are you able to use any other products with it? Only a sunscreen. So it really is keeping your, your products very simple for the next 42 days. So gentle cleanse, continuous uh, ultra calming mist to hydrate, continuous resurfacing cream, SPF. And my advice would be go for more of a mineral SPF than a, a chemical SPF in that phase. If anybody wants to add a moisturizer on top, is that a no-no? It's a no-no. We want to Tell just- why. Because we want to get the results 
We want to get the results. And if you're wanting Milano Pro, then you're already a client that wants to get results quickly. You know, you want to you want to go for it with your skin. And really with our clinical trials, with the way that we've ran those, you get it with this particular protocol. Once you start start adding another moisturizer over the top, it's not that you can't. It's just that you're not going to get those results as quickly as you want them. And Milano Pro is really and if you're happy to just take your time and and go slowly, then maybe Milano Pro isn't the product for you. It is that intensive two phase clinical strength treatment that's going to get you results in six weeks. Oops, I love it. Stick with it. Creams are still okay. My creams are still okay. Yeah. Wonderful. Gosh. And now how do we get our hands on this product? When can we have treatment? When can you get it? Well, it's going to be launched in, and that's why I'm already excited for 2024, because we are launching our Milana Pro in March 2024. So next year, early next year. I'm so excited for you. My goodness. And I'm excited for everybody out there who wants to try this treatment, clients alike. Um, as well as therapists, because I know the therapists are going to be chatting at the bit to get this into their into their salon clinic. Hey, well, I think with, for me, it's always the proof of the pudding is in the eating. And when you start to see, and as we launch this next year, you'll see all of the incredible before and afters that we were able to generate from our clinical trials. And if you're if you're somebody that battles with pigmentation, those are the results that you want. Mm. When you see those before and after photos, then you'll know why. You get so excited, but without that obvious tissue destruction, we are getting these great results, but safely, progressively, and and effectively. They're really good. Wow. Another incredible, innovative treatment and product from Dermalogica. Thank you so much, Sarah. Your brain, as we always say, it is absolutely delicious. (laughs) (laughs) Our crew is so excited to to have you on. because we just love listening to you. We love listening to you talk and you're so well listened to um, in the podcast. And uh, we hope everybody just looks into this incredible innovation next year. And of course, you're going to be speaking at our conference. I am. I am. So excited for Elevate 2024. You must be there or be square, guys. And you know what? It's technically sold out. And I think there is going to be a small little tranche of tickets that are going to be released very soon. Um, so please watch uh, this space. And if you haven't got a ticket yet, you know, put your name down on the waiting list. If you can purchase a ticket, please do so. Yeah, the biggest event ready. 2024. Otherwise, I can't wait. I'm so excited. It's incredible. We are so excited to have you. Thank you so much, Sarah. We'll look forward to having you back next time. Can't wait. Can't wait. Thank you all for having me. It's been lovely. reach the end of another episode of the Beauté by Avic podcast, your online support community for the aesthetic and beauty industry. Thank you for listening and until next time, stay connected.